All right, everybody, welcome into this very special Thursday episode of the GOAT Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Robinson. This is Nick Borden. And like we've been saying for, it's feel, it feels like we've been teasing this for like going on a month now. Yeah, especially me, but you know, circumstances been, keep happening on Thursdays to where this kid's didn't push back and everything. Now it's just like, you know what, forget it. We're just going to do it. We're just, time. hey, YOLO. You only live once. Yeah. YOLO. So... Uh, it is the Outer Banks season one, episode one. Uh, I don't want to really call it a recap. It kinda, I wouldn't, I wouldn't a, call it a breakdown. Here's the deal: if you haven't watched the show by now, you're probably like me. And if you are going to watch the show, you'll start once season three drops. I totally get it. I totally understand. We're just going to kind of talk through episode one, talk through season one, um, and just give our thoughts. It's a weird part of the year there's not a whole bunch to talk about we're currently recording during the worst professional football game of the season the hall of fame game i forgot that was even happening. it's going on it is oh the, man it's the las vegas raiders versus the jacksonville jaguars so um yeah that's that's going on right now um it's football it's football so we're in that weird lull so we figured we would uh we would revisit and it's something we've never done we did season two it was some of our more popular episodes, and it is one of our favorite shows. So we'll do this just to kind of, you know, put it out there, put it out. Yeah, there you know, I, I mean, and also, you know, rumor has it that you know the season three should appear in the winter. So you know, we just started get the, get an appetite for it, give you a little taste, a little taste, just a little taste, because you know, taster. last year around this time we recapped season two, and it went well. So you know what? But we never actually recapped season one. Exactly. So we're like, you know what? Why don't we do that? Why don't let's, we talk about let's it? Let's do that. So without further ado. Season one, episode one, episode one, OBX, Outer Banks. First things first, we get to meet the characters. Yes. We meet John B. John Booker Rutledge. John Booker Rutledge. And he is, I mean, the second the camera is on him and you're like, I want to be this guy. It's so cool. I want to be this dude. He's the coolest dude. He's got the little bandana. He's got the bandana. The thing about the bandana is, is it's not fresh. So, you know, he wears the bandana always. He's the cool. He's a cool dude. Yeah. And I feel like too. Season two, they explain the bandana a little bit more, give it some more meaning. Yes. yes. But in season one, you're just like, oh, it's freaking 2020, and this dude's wearing a bandana. It's pretty That's cool. Freaking dope. It's pretty cool. It's That's a white dude wearing a bandana. That's really, dope. really cool. <laughs> so you get to meet John B. You're just like this dude. I don't care what this guy's about to do. This guy is cool, and I co-sign with. Well, him. it's cool just too. It's like surfer vibes because he, he does surf. There's also that. it gives Cali vibes, but in. The Outer Banks of North Carolina. The thing about Cali Vibe surfers, they would definitely be, and we'll explain this later, they would definitely be a bunch of pogues. Right? Yeah. A bunch of Cali surfers, they would be oh, for huge sure. pogues. But, you know, we're, this is the, these are redneck surfers is what they are. They're redneck country boy, country girl surfer dudes. And it's the best mixture ever, and I love it to death. Yeah. They're like a little hippy dippy, but definitely, you know, not afraid to get their uh Yeah. Their hands dirty. But what so. we learned about John B is that his dad has been lost at sea for Big, nine months. Big John Rutledge. Big John Rutledge. We and don't know where he's at. He he's one of those he's kinda he's like one of those kind of crazy treasure hunters. Yes. Is what you find out, you know, he's just, you know, lived on the sea his whole life as far as just like near water. He's just been after treasure. So he's been gone missing for nine months. John B.'s mom left him when he was two months old. They left him, never heard from her again. And his uncle, Uncle T, 
was uh, was supposed to be his legal guardian, but he's down in Mississippi, in Tunica, doing his thing, doing, doing what they thing. do in Tunica, gambling, preaching the gospel. Oh yeah, probably yeah, gambling. That. <laughs> so, uh, so that's our introduction to John B. He has one of the sweetest houses on some body of water that is phenomenal. I don't know exactly what the body of water is, but it's great. They got a little boat, the HMS Kook, Pogue, Pogue. Might be Pogue. I got I got him flipped around. Okay. We find out this later in the episode. They kind of explain this. You got kooks and you got pogues because the Outer Banks is like an island. Yeah. There's two sides of the island. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, let's, uh, talk about the pogues first, and then we'll get to that whole rivalry before we explain the kooks. Exactly. All right. All right. All right. So, all right, the, so all right, the rest so of the pogues. Let's who else we Let's do. Uh, go ahead and do a key. Kiara. Kiara is somehow in this group. She's a, a, a nice young lady, attractive who, young woman, attractive young woman who loves. The environment loves the earth. Loves Bob Marley. Loves Bob Marley. And her parents are actually rich. She's actually should be a kook, but she's technically speaking. She's so much for the environment and surfing and all that stuff. She actually hates all the kooks. Exactly. So that's why she hangs out with the her. Her parents own a um, uh, a local establishment, the the wreck, I believe. Um, I think so. Yeah, the wreck. It's a. Uh, it's just you know. It's. It's that spot. If you've ever been to, we're from Alabama, so if you've ever been to Gulf Shores, it would be a, a you know, it'd be like if they owned, you know, um, freaking what's what's a spot, Nick? The um, I mean, it'd be like a Doc Seafood. Do- thank you. I was thinking about Docs. It'd be uh, it'd be like owning Doc Seafood, so just a local establishment. Um, but for whatever reason, she likes to hang out with the uh, the rest of the the boys. Yeah, and they all have a crush on her. Uh, they all it's they all have know, a massive crush on her. It, partly it's because she's beautiful. Partly it's lack of options. Yeah. And she's just cool. She's just a bro. Yeah. All right. So, so then we have Pope. We got Pope, the uh, the smart one of the group. The smart one of the group. His father is is that guy. He's just the guy that's been there for forever. If you need anything, he can get it for you. No. He's the plug. He's the plug. His dad Hayward is the plug. He also owns the grocer. So if you need legitimate groceries delivered, he can very much do that. Yeah. So. But yeah, no, he he's one of those he he's in line for this big scholarship interview Obviously. that could basically pay his way through college because his dad, who he you know he does well for himself, but he can't give him the life that the coots have. So he gets a scholarship interview. He's set basically for life, getting into school. He wants he 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 wants to do one of these weird jobs. Like he wants to study like dead bodies. He wants to be a coroner. Which is technically basically, an elected but like, position. But like it's something like more like forensic science type. But it's something I can't remember it. But. I thought it was a corner. I don't think so. Anyways, it's one of those things. It's probably what the guy who Will Smith played in Concussion does. Yes. So um, he wants to do that. Smart, smart as a whip. I have no doubt that he will have any trouble getting into university. Yeah. Dun, well, dun, dun. Then there's JJ. Big JJ. Oh, JJ. JJ is the kind of guy that you are best friends with. He's best friends with everybody until he starts to do his own thing, and you're like, ah, that's a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, He's uh, uh, admittedly by uh, John B. He is the best surfer that he knows. Just don't tell him that. Just don't tell him that. Uh, he's a crazy guy. He comes from a long line of alcoholics and drug addicts yeah. on the island, so he's kind just of... scumbags. Just the scumbags, the scoundrels, grade-A scoundrels yeah. of... Uh, the Outer Banks, but so he kind of raised himself. But as of right now, he's uh, you know, he's doing well for himself. He's got a good good group of people keeping him afloat. Oh yeah, so that's that's the group. That's the Pogues. That's the Pogues. They just do their thing, man. They just do their thing. They just live their life. They you know, grab a boat 
head yeah. out, go fishing, live life. So that's one side of the island. Now we have the other side, the kooks, the rich people. The rich people. Basically the people I went to school with, high school. <laughs> you are tired. <laughs> Lord have mercy, just letting it rip. Just letting it rip. I mean, there's a few, you know, good oh working class people. But anyways, yeah, so we have the kooks. They are the rich people. They, I mean, if you just think, you know, fraternity brothers, sorority girls, just yes. in high school, it's all those people. Yes. The kind of guys that would wear a golf shirt to a baseball game. They love pastel colors. They love pastels. They love boat shoes. Yeah. They love formals, just fall formals, winter formals, just all that. Exactly. That's what they do. Exactly. So you have, let's, let's talk about a couple of them. You have Topper. The old Top. Apparently some great athlete who is dating none other than Sarah Cameron. Sarah Cameron, the daughter of, what's the dude's name? Can't, whatever, uh. What is his name? <laughs> Irrelevant. He, we'll, we'll get back oh, to give him. Give me one second. What is his name? Just keep talking. Anyways, so she is. She's basically the princess of the kooks. She's dating Topper. They are the. Uh, they don't really say what. Uh, no, he's Ward like, Cameron. Ward. Can't believe I forgot. I, I can't tired. believe I forgot. Yeah. Ward Cameron. She's the daughter of the eldest daughter. Yes. His two daughters. The eldest daughter of none only than Ward Cameron, who is basically the unofficial mayor of he's the guy oh the outer banks he is tight you know he he provides as much as he can for all of the um all you know the 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 more rustic side of the island yeah but he is a hundred million percent about the rich side of the island right you know whining and dining all the rich folk right uh just trying to be just trying to be a, a man of esteem right um, that's his big goal. We get into him later. Yeah. And then there's, uh, her brother Rafe, Ward's son, Rafe Cameron. AKA country club. We'll get to country that. Country club. We'll get to that. Country club. Hey, country we'll, club. We'll get to the, what to do country club. I love saying that. Rafe Cameron is what you would call a drug addict. Yep. Just and your local cokehead, but like he's rich. Exactly. And, he's, and so like they, they make it seem like he's, like 19 years old out of high school. The man looks 25. Well, probably because he is. I, I know he is. But yeah, so basically he's just you know living off his father's riches, spending his money on drugs, on dirt bikes, motorcycles, whatever. At he least a dirt all. bike. At least one. A new one. A brand new one. brand new one. But yeah, so anyways, so that's that's the crew. Some other like minor characters, you know, later on we'll get to in other episodes. There you go. There you but go. so what they... What's going on right now is a storm's a brewing. You know, John B. He's supposed to uh, have a talk with the uh, Child Protective Services because they're like, "Hey, we know your uncle T's not here. If we go to check in on you and he's not there, he's coming with us. We're putting you in the system." John B. If you can't tell by now, he don't want to be put in the system. He's not, not a, a system kid. He's not a system kid. I honestly don't know why he hasn't just dropped out of high school. I mean, at this point, like, why even he ought go? To. He ought to. So. Uh, they, you know, they threaten him with that and he is fed up. He's like, I don't know what we're going to do. And yeah. then a hurricane comes and he says, well, I don't know what we're going to do, but whatever's going to happen is it ain't going to happen now. We're going to surf. And he grabs his best friend who would go surfing with him. No other than Pope. Yes. Pope went surfing. With Pope. Him. Not the guy that you would think would go surfing with, uh, with John B in the middle, literal, literal in the middle of a hurricane. Well, he, that's, he tried to like. It was weird because they got out there, you know, they're in their bathing suits with their surfboards, and he's like, are we sure about 
are we sure about surfing in the middle of a hurricane? Like, yeah, that's when the waves are the best. Well, okay. Okay. So maybe you should have asked that before you got out there. You, but, you would think. You would think. But yeah. But they go out, they have a good time. They uh, eventually hunker down. Yeah. And and Mother Nature has her way with the yeah. other banks. And then we all of a sudden we see that a dead body appear. Dun, dun, dun. From the hurricane. And it turns out it's this guy named Scooter Grubbs. Oh, Scooter Grubbs, he's just your average just dirt bad guy that's just always betting for just little coins and money and all that stuff. And once he's once he's found missing, it, it turns out he's working for Ward Cameron, which it's like, okay, because his wife Lana goes asking, you know, she's looking for him, you know, trying to figure out where Studer was. And that's when we're actually introduced to Sarah Cameron. Yep. Was at that point because they asked Sarah because she's out in the, the yard trying to make sure the birds don't eat the, the rats. Which funny enough, like after that, after that moment, we never see her anything about, like, nature or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it was after that moment. I, I, I saw that, and I, it's been a while since I've watched the episode originally. I saw that, and I was like, I don't remember her ever being this compassionate. No. Not that she's not a compassionate person in the rest of the show, but yeah. this she was not this. Yeah. So then after that, they're like, oh, man, you know, we might as well go out throughout the marsh and, you know, go fishing because... You know, the power's out. What else are we going to do? The power's out, and as, you know, they grew up by the water, they're uh, they're astute anglers, and they know that the the storm is going to push the crabs out, and the drum are going to trace the crab. Straight up. So then as they're going out in the boat, they hit another boat. Crazy. Crazy, right? see it. They all about flip out of the, out of the boat into the water. Yeah. And uh, they're like, what's that? Yeah. And they spend all of 30 seconds deciding if they're going to jump in. They all jump in. They all sink to the bottom. Find a duffel bag. They find a duffel bag. This duffel bag has key to it. it does. And they're like, huh, I wonder what this opens. A o- key? Opens to a local motel. To a motel. And so... The kind of place that JJ, quote, would rent you a place by the hour. Facts. So... I don't know if he quoted that. I think he did. I can't remember. Anyways. I, I need to remember. <laughs> but, so then, John B. and JJ go out to this motel into the room while Key and Pope are on lookout. watch, on lookout. The, the, go- the only issue with them being on lookout is the storm just hit. S- there's zero cell service. So what are they going to do? It's not like they have walkie-talkies. Yeah. And it's not. It's like, what are well, they Well, we find out what they try to do. So what? anyways, so they go, John B. and JJ go in. They find this safe into this motel room. Into the of safe, course. they find tons of cash. They find a gun, a gun, as you do in safes and random shows. Yeah, and then they find something else. What was that? Something else, Josh? It was a key. It's a key, but it wasn't a key to the room because that would be dumb. Yeah, it was a key back to the boat. Back to the boat. And they're like, it doesn't make any sense for Scooter Grubbs to have had a key to this nice of a boat that's like thirty, forty thousand dollars. Because he didn't have $10 to his name. So why would he have this kind of boat? Meanwhile, the sheriffs start walking in. John B. and JJ, they got to think fast. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Key and Pope are trying to let them know. So they start trying, attempting to throw rocks at the window. Neither of them got any good arms. Not even close. They're not the athletes of the group. The two athletes of the group are the ones that eventually scurry their way out onto the terrace. Yeah. Not even the terrace. It's just a ledge. It's just a straight up ledge. So they get out to the ledge, hang on. They make it. All good. Cops leave. So they're like, oh, man, we need to get down and see whatever this key opens to this boat. And so John B. 
who actually works on Ward Cameron's boats as just like a boat hand, you know, just keeping it, maintaining it, doing well, all that stuff. We would call that a deck hand, but yeah, um, it's it's all good. It's all Gucci. Anyways, he says, aha, I have an idea. The Camerons have scuba gear on the boat. We'll just borrow some of that. I'll sink down to the bottom. We'll open up the little thing of the box, and we'll see what we got. So they go out to the, uh, the Druthers is the name of Ward Cameron's yacht, and I love that name. Uh, he gets on there, and he is confronted by none other than Sarah Cameron. And Sarah Cameron. Who was hung over because previously her and Topper and her sister Wheezy, they were out doing some, like, save the uh, save the earth type uh, cleaning up of the uh, of the beach or whatever. Yes. Just whatever, because they did some weird prayer to the big kahuna. It was funny. While they're also mixing vodka with crystal light. And so, hung over. Hung over. So she's just sitting there asleep on the boat, and she notices uh, that John B's taking scuba gear. And she asks him what he's doing with these. Like, oh, I'm just throwing off the top off these tanks. She's like, okay, you know, being all suspicious about it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the background, her little sister Wheezy was hiding in there too. Which why would she be wide awake at 5 a.m.? I don't know. 6 a.m. Whatever time sunrise was. But anyways, so he goes to go down, to dive down. He gets. First, they get to the location, and they realize out of the four scuba tanks that they took, or the two scuba tanks that they took, only one of them has, like, a quarter of a tank. Yeah. So, not only can not everybody go down, only one person could go down for a little while. And Pope, being the genius of the group, knows about a little thing called the bins. And the bins is when you go down to a depth and you come back up too quickly, and the gas, the air in your blood turns back into gas and forms air bubbles in your blood. And it can cause a blood clot. It, it does is really bad stuff. It's called the bends. You don't want it. So shout out to jo- uh, for, to Pope for being like, hey, heads up. When you get to 10 feet below the surface, you're going to have to hang out for about two or three minutes. Yeah. So they give John B. all the gear, and John B. jumps down there, and he, you know, he's doing his thing. But little do they know, the sheriff is Old right around the shoop. Old Shoop. Officer Shoop. He goes down. And he's like, "Hey, you know the marsh is closed, right?" They're like, "Yeah, sorry, we didn't know. We didn't know, officer. Apologize." So he gets on the boat, investigates, doesn't see anything, you know, illegal or you know, anything. So they're like, hey, "Have you seen a boat wrecked anywhere?" I said, "No, no, sir." Like, they're like, Where, "Where's your buddy that's normally with you?" Oh, oh, we don't know. He's working or whatever. Like, all right, you know, I'll stay safe now. As John B is running out of air, just trying to wait. Of and course, see. it's another one of those moments where you're like, you are also holding your breath. Yeah. Don't you love those when you're watching TV and someone has to hold your breath? Oh, yeah. And you catch yourself holding your breath with them? Oh, yeah. That's great. It's de- it's a great day, one of those moments. Yeah. Shocker being the very first episode of the show. Right. They drive off. As they drive off, John B surfaces. <gasps> and he made it. And he made it. And he's got with him a canister. Yeah. He opens it up. It didn't say. Is it the compass yet? It's the compass. It's the compass. You open up the compass, it says Redfield written in Big John's handwriting. Yep. They're like, huh, this doesn't make sense. Why would he write Redfield? There's a bunch of Redfields. And so they're like, oh, man, we found money. We found cash. We found all. We found a gun, all this stuff. What do we do to distract from that? Throw a kegger. Throw, uh, as they do in the Outer Banks, they throw a kegger. And this is where they showed us about the kooks and the pogues yeah, and their the, rivalry and, and, uh, and all that stuff. So they throw a kegger. They got all their people. They got all the rich people. And then they got all the tourists that are there for a week that have 
that are none the wiser. No. Uh, and, you know, things are going on. People are, are chopping it up. And then all of a sudden, J.J. starts talking to Sarah Cameron. He's like, Sarah, you want a beer? She's like, no, thanks. She's like, you sure? And Topper's like, oh, man. <laughs> hey, J.J., I, I want a beer. He's like, oh, sorry, man. I didn't offer you. So then he swats it out of J.J.'s hand. J.J. shoves him. Fight breaks out. Which is funny. The thing is, this fight started because of J.J., not because of John B. Exactly. And John B. tries to you know, John break B., it up. John B., all-time friend, tries to break it up. Gets and caught then, up in the mix. Gets caught up in the mix, and then it becomes one-on-one. Topper versus John B. So they start going at it, you know, pushing each other. At this point, they're in the ocean. They are in, in the, the ocean. In the sh- like, right at the very tips it's of It's at it, the though. very tips. It's the kind of part where you could, like, you know, if you really just wanted to, you could just kneel on someone's chest and hold their head down well, and drown them. Topper took that to heart because oh, yeah, yeah. he gets John B. down and starts trying to drown him, saying, you know, I'm going to drown you just like your old man did. Well, then J.J. reaches for his gun and puts it to Topper's head. He's like, you know, I don't think you want to do that. So then they start freaking out because J.J. has a gun, and J.J. starts firing off the gun like an idiot to the sky saying, get out now, which, you know, probably not, not the wise. wisest thing, you know. Unlawful discharge of a firearm, probably, but... Uh, literally yeah yeah that would be the 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 term yeah so of course they go away and and things are a big hoopla and i believe that's kind of where the the episode i think there's a little bit more because they they decided that they were um they were going to go for a lookout for this shipwreck that the community was going to go out on the boats i do believe that we have completely jumbled everything up i believe the kegger I believe we found them. Tired. We're just tired. Anyway, all of this happened in the story. Hey, we're just rewriting Outer Banks. So what happened was they found the money, they found the gun, then they throw. They're like, "What do we do with this? Throw a kegger." Yeah. So they throw the kegger. All that stuff. You're happens. right. Oh the next gosh. day, yes, 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 John yes. B is like, "I know where we can get some scuba gear." So they get yeah. some scuba gear, and then at the same time, the community is is throwing like a little search. Uh, so they're driving around, and these two shady guys who show up in the middle of summer wearing jeans and snakeskin boots, black jeans, black shirts. You never know. You never think they're gonna be good guys. So they show up, and they're like, "Hey, sheriff, uh, you mind if we help out?" And the sheriff's like, "You can tell he's like, I don't know you guys. I don't want you guys around, but I don't have a good reason. Come on." So they all get going. Shoop runs into the the kids while they're while John B's doing the scuba thing. Yeah. And then once they get back on, they're sitting there they're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, dun dun dun. Those guys, those schmucks, come around the corner and they're chasing them. They chase. Start firing shots at they them. They start firing a uh, a rifle. Yeah. Not we're not talking wild shooting bang bang with a pistol. We're talking a rifle. Yeah. And, uh, of course, they miss because that would be tragic to kill a kid in the first episode. Yeah. Um, eventually, Key does a cardinal sin, and she throws a um, a, a net yeah. into the water. But, thank God, it saves their life. It gets caught up in the assailant's yeah. uh, prop, and they're able to get home. That's when they get home. They open up the canister. They find the compass. Everyone's pretty bummed because they're like, dang, it's just a compass. And John B. goes, it's not just anybody's compass. This was my dad's. And boom, that's where we're left off. Yeah, I apologize for jumbling that up. No, it's fine. I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it. Anyways, good episode. I It's one of those... Like, I had no idea what to expect going into it once I exactly. watched it. And I was like, oh, wow, it actually left me very intrigued. And the thing is, when I started it, I was like... I mean, I don't want to... It's a show... All I knew was it was a show about kids that live, like, in the Outer Banks and, in, in, like, 
South Carolina. It was also, you know, three weeks before, like, season two premiered it because... Was, no, no, no. Like, I had heard about it the first time, and I was like, ah, yeah. I don't really care about this show. And then a couple weeks before season two, and I finally relented and turned on the show, and I, I was like, not disappointed. And you're like, dang, man, this show's great. A, I was not disappointed. B, I was very fired up that I was able to watch the entirety of season two right after. Yeah, it so th- this, like, year and a half wait for season three, it's tough. It's rough. That's the thing that Netflix gets us is they they come out with some bangers of shows. They are not quick on the turnaround. No, which is fine. This is it. Is it though? It's not fine. I'm not fine. Would it be better? Here's the question, Nick. Would it be better if they? It should at least be the same time. They like every year. If they recorded a show, and like a like a normal television show. Every single week, they released an episode, and by the time that the last episode is released, they're already like halfway through filming on the next season. And like you said, the next you know time of the year, boom. If they so if they did it like cable television, so instead of or like how Hulu does it exactly. So instead of how you know we will chew through, some people will watch the entirety of the season in one day, or at most like a week. You have you know three months of episodes. And then you only have to wait nine months. Boom. I wouldn't be mad at that. I, I hate it. I, I love being able to binge everything at one So you'd rather binge it and then wait a year it. and a half? I would much rather do that. Okay. I would much rather you do that. You have that right. I have that right as an American. Straight up. As a person. So. But yeah, overall, great just first episode as far as like not leading like not leading you on too much as far as like what's going on into the plot. It gives you enough information you, that you're intrigued. Yeah, exactly. You, it makes you intrigued. Like, huh, this is interesting. Like, what is still going to happen? And yeah. there's enough characters you're like, I don't know. Like, surely someone has to be that guy. I don't know who to trust yet. Exactly. So it's great. So um, I got anything else you want to say? I think we should pizza review it. Yeah. Score it. Sure. I mean, right, as, what as do you far as like a first episode, I'd give it like an 8.3. I was uh, 8.6. I think it's a very good episode. Yeah. I think there's plenty I think of there's to go. better episodes this season. There's absolutely better but like, episodes. There's not, not a bad episode, but I think it's just like this. For just the first episode, not leading you on too much, it's like what a good movie trailer should be. It should leave you intrigued without knowing what without knowing actually happens. Too much. Exactly. So it's they it's not, you know, showing you all its flips and tricks and everything in the first episode. Like they uh they they play a little hard to get, and you, and it's good. It's good. So yeah. Well, that is episode one, season one of Outer Banks. Kind of review recap, uh, remix. Definitely, as you heard it from Nick and I. Uh, anything else you you want to say about the uh, the show? Yeah, I'm just excited for episode two next week. Excited for episode two. Um, yeah, this has been another episode. I've been your host Josh Robinson. This is Nick Gordon. Mm-hmm.